Hey everyone, and welcome back to episode 186 of the Your Money, Your Life podcast. We are back live and indirect. Before we get into the podcast, make sure you like, subscribe, five-star rate and review wherever you're listening. Um, also make sure wherever you're listening, if it's on YouTube, make sure you also hit the notification link as well as um, be subscribed on YouTube. And wherever you're listening, make sure you're enjoying it. We have a bit to get into this week, um, week before vacation for myself and many others out there. So we will be dropping this week and I'll probably drop next week too with a special episode just to keep feeding the streets as they say. Um, first and foremost, let's get into it. Let's go into what's going on with the market this week. We want to touch on the market first and foremost. Um, a few interesting earnings have come out uh, as well as um, a few different economic developments um, NVIDIA, um, came out with earnings and they had strong earnings. So that's boosting stocks a little bit across the board. So first thing, yeah, they had strong earnings, which is boosting, uh, tech shares across the board a little bit today. And yesterday was a strong, strong bull run, um, a little bit uh, in day trading. So company had, um, exceeded, um, analyst expectations, which is pretty impressive since, and its expectations were pretty high for this company, which has been soaring recently. Third quarter revenue was would climb to 16 billion or 17% year-over-year uh, -year increase. Second straight quarter that NVIDIA has blown away expectations. Um, so that's what's been weighing on the kind of tech side of things. Of course, we had the Jackson Hole um, meeting with the Fed, um, and they're going to come out with some more commentary. Uh, but that's the big things um, that's going on right now in the market, I would say, at this point. You have some earnings, and then you have the Fed meeting, um, and what's going to come from that as far as what direction they're going to come take in September. The big thing most folks, are, and myself included, are what direction the Fed will take in September. Um, as we sit here today, um, the market's trading off a little bit um, from the start was stronger. This week, past week, has been a little bit stronger. Again, the NVIDIA earnings, some tech earnings pulled things back up. Overall, in the month, though, it's been a little bit down. But again, year to date, it's been a strong year to date. So those are things that we're watching so far um, in market update. Again, I predicted way earlier, I was early on the prediction of the summer that there'll be some sort of pullback. We're having that now. Most people, traders, a lot of people are out in August, especially uh, vacation, doing different things. So that's you know usually a different time. But as we swing into the next quarter, into fall, um, that may change things. I do think we land in the green this year in any respect, even with volatility throughout. Um, so Meta and Goldman Sachs, let's get into current updates and news. Meta and Goldman Sachs are going to double down on the return to office mandates as a third of desks sit empty. So a third of the desks sit empty. Meta and Goldman Sachs are like, hey, we're not going to let you guys not be in the office. We're paying all this money for this real estate. Either we own it, we're leasing it. You guys got to come in. Um, and so now Meta rolled out a new in-person time policy, which features ID badge monitoring and warnings of firing the few metamates who with remote expectations are having their unfettered offices access revoked. Um, and Goldman just kicked off a renewed push to get workers back in the office five days a week. So we also know that Amazon reportedly told some employees to relocate to keep their job um, 
meaning if they had left their home base to go somewhere else, they had to come back or had to, you know, to keep their job. But we talked about this a little bit. What do folks think? Again, I thought hybrid would be the best way to go. And it seems most people are trying to do that, but it seems like it's all or nothing. Almost companies are like, we can't even do hybrid. We need you here four out of five days a week or five out of five, or, you know, in some instances that, but some companies are still doing hybrid. I think the hybrid is the best way to go. If you're going to do it and probably the best for the employee, I'm looking at it from an employee standpoint, the best for the employer is probably fully in the office, everybody working, everybody collaborating, everybody feeling they have to be doing something because they're in and around other people. Um, the best for employee would probably be hybrid so that you don't have to commute all the time. Commuting takes a lot, man. If, if people, you remember that, like it just takes a lot to commute. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the big thing going on there. So we'll keep an eye on that. Peloton shares fell 20% after the spin icon announced a bigger than expected quarterly loss. Excuse me. If you hear me sniffling or any of that stuff, I am just recovering from a little bit of a cold, but we are back in full effect. Um, they also said that they also had a 2 million bike recall. Remember that? But yeah, this is a company that was a high flyer during 2021, if you remember. Now it's been um, really, really hit hard. I actually want to see, I'm looking up um, the Piton. I'm looking up their um, stock right now because I'm just curious. And it's in not very good. Um, over a year, it's down 54%. Five-year time frame, which... I think they IPO'd sometime in 2019. So this is just looking pretty much all time. Um, not great. Again, this is when most people are buying. The hype is when people love to do stuff. And it's again, it's whole human behavior. Um, you have people just driving the price up here. I, this is one that I was never really a fan of, just the fact of, you know, it, it's a content thing, really. Not really an exercise bikes have been around for a while. But hey, they drove euphoria for a little bit. Um, so that's a, a little bit on Peloton. Let's move forward with more news. Again, it was it was a decently news week. So it's a decent. It was decent news this week. Um, some stuff I think was more important than others. So I want to find those important things for us to talk about. Minimum Uber wage. Lyft and Uber could ditch in Minneapolis over a minimum wage bill, and other cities could follow. So. Uber Lyft, they've had regulatory legal battles for a while over a contractor, not contracted for their drivers over, you know, minimum wage or not. But it looks like um, last week, Minneapolis approved a gig labor bill mandating a minimum wage of 51 cents a minute and $1.40 per mile for ride hailing workers. That will put drivers paying the line with this, the city's new $15 an hour minimum wage. Minneapolis mayor is due to decide whether to veto the bill tomorrow, but may have a few reasons to hesitate. If the bill goes through, Uber said it will remove cheaper UberX options for riders, leaving only its pricier premium rides like Uber Black and Uber SUV. Lyft said it would exit Minneapolis altogether on January 1st if the bill passes. The ride biz said the new minimum wage would double its fare prices in the city. Um, yeah, Uber gig unions have long battled with um, Uber and Lyft. Um, it's been for better pay, for benefits, for healthcare, for PTO, all these different things. For contract, they're looking at it um, in a different way. So that's um, going to be a battle that continues. I don't know. What do you guys think on that? I think um, it's a tough job, I would say, for people to be doing that. 
I think they should at least make minimum wage. Super tough. Makes people's lives a lot more convenient um, to take a ride or to order something. So I, I'm with that. I'm with the minimum wage. Minneapolis is a very progressive um, area. So you, you're proud. Of course, you'd see it from a, a progressive city, of course, like Minneapolis, where I hail from. Jewel. Have you guys heard of Jewel? Know what Jewel is? Um it's a vape company as far as I know, but they're going to lay off 30% of their staff. It's an e-cigarette maker. Um, it's laying off 30% of its staff. The cuts, which affect about 250 workers, um, so they probably have like a, a roughly around 1,000 or, or a little bit less employees. It'll shrink Jewel staff to 650, a fraction of the 4,000 it had four years ago, um, and they've just been making cuts since. Jewel has been struggling to stay afloat since the FDA banned U.S. sales of its vaping products in June 2020. The ban was then suspended pending a ruling by the FDA. Um, and the startups would try to raise capital or be acquired, but claims, but claims both tax are complicated with the absence of a final decision by the FDA. Yeah, people, you know, these e-cigarette makers, jewels, all these different things, not healthy. I've never been a one to use them. Um, but the company itself is struggling because they hidden a regulatory snag that is not letting them either raise more capital because no one wants to invest in a company that may not be regulatory, be approved regulatory in a regulatory sense, um, or someone that's just not growing. They're they're just they're in a snag. So we'll see if they survive or last much longer. Another interesting story that I just saw: Subway was sold to Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts owner. Um, so Subway has agreed to be sold to Work Capital. That's a private equity group that owns a wide range of restaurants and food brands, including Dunkin', Sonic, Carville, Terms of the Deal. Uh, Carville, that's a cake maker. If you folks didn't know, I actually recently had to buy a cake. Um, good cakes. Good cakes. I got to stay away, but they're good cakes. Terms of the Deal were not disclosed. Um, so Sam, I didn't know that Subway was family owned for more than 50 years. It's been struggling in the past decade. Um, I've stepped away from it like four or five years ago. I used to love those sandwiches. Um, but the CEO, John Chizdi, Chizzy, who joined Subway in 2019, found some success revamping the menu and pushing same stars sales growth up nearly 10% for the first half of 2023. So the private equity firm comes in, snaps it up. They're going to probably streamline efficient fires of people um, and try to juice out more earnings in the bottom line. Um, before maybe flipping it to someone else in five or 10 years. We'll keep an eye on it. But interesting, interesting. Subway's a staple. It's been around forever. Um, and you're seeing deals being done in the private markets. Speaking of the private markets, the SEC is going to overhaul private fund rules. So we always talk about private public markets. We used to talk about a lot more. The private markets, as you know, are shares that are not publicly available, publicly traded. It's more done with higher... Um, net worth folks or invested capital that's pooled together, uh, whether it's a hedge fund or a private equity fund. They have a lot of really favorable rules for hedge fund, private equity funds, uh, but the SEC has now tried to crack down on some of those, it looks like. The top regulator on Wall Street has been sweeping new rules affecting fees and expenses for private equity and hedge funds. The Security and Exchange Commission's 3-2 ruling the biggest regulatory challenge to firms such as Blackstone sitting down over a decade. It blocks private equity firms from offering special deals to large investors for better terms than other investors. So when you raise a fund, you can offer different deals per investors. Let's say if someone's going to invest a lot more money, you could say, all right, you'll get special different special terms than someone who's investing less money. Pairs 
that now the SEC is saying you can't do that anymore. Um, and also it's going to require these private funds to provide quarterly financial statements and undergo annual audits. So I didn't know they were even not providing quarterly financial statements. Um, that's pretty standard. Um, but that's interesting that we're they're seeing that attack. You know, that's a lot of money behind like private equity hedge funds. They do a lot of lobbying, throw a lot of money to make sure that their ecosystem is never affected. Uh, because it's an ecosystem that's very, very lucrative. So, right. So they put a lot of money in lobbying into different things to make sure their ecosystem is never, never affected. looks like it might be in this scenario. Pumpkin spice latte. I keep seeing, saw some on social media about this. I've never had one. Is it any good? Can anyone let me know if a pumpkin spice latte is any good, but it's coming back. It's coming back already on Thursday, which would be today, right? If you're listening today. Um, and it looks like, one, it's a huge deal. I don't even know why it's such a big deal, but it must be really good. Um, it's the biggest sales week of the company's history. That would be Starbucks. It's one of the biggest sales week of the, of the company's history when they roll out the public site spice latte. Um, it's it's a full. They're bringing it out a full week earlier than they usually do because they, of course, they want to push those sales. So, um, leaning into younger consumers and getting that out there. We will find out if it's any good when it comes out again. Let me know for the folks that like to use to, to drink the spice latte. October, August 24th. I didn't know this, but I found this super interesting. August 24th happens to be the most, the sickest day of the year, according to a study by medical leave specialist Flamingo over the past five years, about almost 1% of workers were absent due to sickness or purported sickness, meaning alleged sickness. <laughs> On this date, with February 13th ranking as the second sickest day, uh, Reacher's attributed the truancy on the latter day to its proximity to Valentine's Day and the Super Bowl. While the reason for late August Vanishing Act is more of a mystery. I think people just get sick during this time, honestly. Like, a lot of people I know came down with something. I came down with something. Fiance is feeling a little sick as well. But I think it's just a changing of the seasons. Pumpkin spice latte is coming up. The people are thinking about fall. The wind, the weather is getting a little bit it's still nice, but it's a little bit different. I think it's got to be that. Plus, people are like, I'm going on vacation. Um, so I think that's it's all those things. But yeah, I, I can see that. I can certainly, certainly see that. And we talked about Jackson Hole, Mississippi, uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, excuse me, Mississippi. <laughs> I think there's a Jackson, Mississippi. Um, and, and why it's such a big deal, but it's uh, an economic get together for um, a lot of the big economists. Um, and it's really a, a, a shindig that's um, a big focus on Wall Street because a lot of what comes out of that uh, will be the Fed, Mr. Powell speaking on uh, what's next with the Fed's moves, how they're fighting inflation, how inflation is going to moderate. Um, so that's the big thing that's been happening this week. And um, yeah, that's the lodge. It looks pretty, just pretty cool lodge there. A lot of uh, private planes going there and holding up for a little bit security and all that. Um, good, good stuff. So folks, we're going to get into the questions of the week. Rapid fire. We're going to knock out two of them. I thought were pretty, pretty interesting. We'll see what you all think. The first one being, where do most 18, 20 to four, 18 to 24 year olds say they learn about personal finance? Where do most 18 to 24 year olds say they learn about personal finance? Try down when this is asked, I would say it's either TikTok, podcasts, I would say TikTok or podcast, to be honest. Um, social media. And that's the answer. 38% social media, um, which would encompass TikTok and podcast, I would say. 
um, just because that younger demographic. They say social media, some 22% say parents, family, 17% said a high school or, or college um, as well. So yeah, it's really, you know, that's kind of how we grow is to be social media, word of mouth, um, different things. And that's why it's it's important to be tapped into this podcast every week because you'll hear my updates. Next question. What percent of your daily activities are habits? This is interesting. My fiance is a very habitual morning person. I am, but not really. I, I do some things, but it doesn't have to be the same time, same thing every day. But people say that 45%, humans are by nature creatures of habit. 45% of our reported activities in a given day are habitually performed. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, but that makes a ton of sense to me. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a great, informative, energetic podcast. We are going to have one um, next week. I'm going to drop something special where it talks a little bit more about for the entrepreneurs, people that are entrepreneurs or thinking about entrepreneurship, how to go about it, how to provide value and offer, create sales, get customers, clients. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that because I want to help out the entrepreneurs out there because um, no one is really given real game, I feel like. Um, so we'll do that. Um, real game for free, I should say. We'll do that. Um, and again, thank you for joining and we'll talk next week.